Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Andre. What's yours? It's a blessing to be here with you this morning. I can really just sense the presence of God here. There's nothing more important than that. Just the presence of the Holy Spirit here. And we celebrate those children. And I think the, the best thing that you can do for your children is to expose them to the presence of God. As parents, that's all that we can do. You can't guarantee that they're going to serve God one day, but you can expose them to the presence of God. You can bring them into the presence. And uh, today I honor my parents for that. Um, the fact that I'm serving God today is the fact that they've exposed me at a young age to His presence. And uh, I had an encounter in the presence of God, and that encounter changed my life completely. And so I'm, I'm thankful for parents that have done that in my life. I want to honor my wife and my children as well this morning. They're not here with me. They're back in Orlando. But uh, without them, it's impossible to do what I do and to go where I go. And so to have their support this morning and their prayer this morning uh, with me, it's a blessing to have uh, a wife and children that are with you in ministry. And so it's great to see this morning also Pastor Bert's children that's here, daughters that's still serving God with him. It's amazing. You don't see a lot of that in the world today. But to see that, it's nothing more precious than that, a whole family that's serving God together. And this morning, I declare over your life prophetically that your children will serve God with you. Don't matter where they are right now, what they're going through, that they would come back. They would stand with you in the house of the Lord, and they would praise Him with you. I declare that over your lives this morning. Thank you for the invitation, Pastor Bert, to be here. It's a blessing, and Becky, it's a blessing to be here with you. There's nothing more humbling than to minister the Word of God. And uh, I'm humbled every time when I open up the Word, every time when I start to, to minister, to see how God sees people. Um, that's what blesses me about the prophetic, because we see people in the natural, and then we see their limitation, we see their disabilities, and then when you start to prophesy, you see what God sees. And uh, it's just different. I ministered in an old-age home back in South Africa a year ago, a retirement home. And uh, I walked into this retirement home and started to minister. Now, most of the people at retirement home is 80 and up. And I'm looking at them in the natural, and I'm thinking, well, they're at the end of their life. And then I start to prophesy, and I say, Lord, do you, is this really the person? Do you really think they've got the strength and the energy to do all of this uh, in the prophecy. And I've learned that God sees us from a different place. And I've learned that as long as you have breath in your lungs, God's purpose is still at work. His plan is still at work. To God, there's no age. The world has age. I started very early in ministry. At the age of 16, I started. And the world will always say, you're too young, too young, too young, and then they say, you're too old. You'll never be ready in the world's eyes. But I thank God that this morning He looks at our lives from a different perspective, from a different place. And God still sees the potential that you have. Uh, the, the plan that He has for you is still at work. doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, that plan is still there. And God's trying to get you to His destiny and His assignment for your life. Amen. Let's pray together and we can get in the Word this morning. Thank you, Father, for your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you open up our hearts, prepare our hearts. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. We invite you into this place. Father, I pray that you would come and touch us this morning. Open up our eyes to see. Open up the word that we may see it from a different perspective, your perspective, without any limitation, without any boundaries, Lord. And Father, I pray a blessing over this church, over this ministry. Lord, come and rest. Holy Spirit, make this your resting place, your dwelling place. 
I declare that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to read with me in the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 11. Beginning of this year, I waited upon God. Now, normally, January, end of December, January, I wait upon God to get a word for us as a family. I do not prophesy over nations, over our nation, over America. I don't do that. I, when God can speak to you, He can speak through you. And so I wait upon God to get a word for us as a family, for my journey. And beginning of this year, I wait upon the Lord, and He gave me a word. And as He gave me this word, He said, Andre, I'm going to give you a strategy in 2020. 2020 will be a year of strategies. It will be a year where I will reset the church. I will reset. There will be a global reset that will take place this year. But I'm going to give you a strategy, and I'm going to give my people a strategy and how to navigate through this year 2020. And uh, so I received this word for us as a family. I didn't know what was coming or what was about to happen, but I received this word, and as 2020 started to unfold, I started to realize the importance of what is happening globally at this moment. And so I'm sharing a word with you this morning that God gave me in the beginning of this year. Now, my wife reminded me a week ago, uh, we were having dinner, and she said to me, 2020 is not over yet. This year is not over yet. And so this word, the word of God is applicable, but the word that I want to share this morning is still applicable to 2020. It's still applicable to this year. And I believe that we are about to see major shifts that's going to take place globally in the next month. Now, there's a lot of prophetic things that the Lord has shown me. He showed me beginning of this year three shakings that's going to take place in this year. The first shaking will be health that will be shaken. Second shaking that will take place around, and he showed this to me in March this year, a health shaking. Then he said to me in June, July, there will be a shaking. The economy will be shaken globally, a shaking that's taking place. And then he said November, there will be a religious shaking that will take place globally. And I believe that we're entering this season right now, the last shaking that's busy taking place, a religious shaking. God is busy shaking religion globally. Now, the religion, religious shaking that I'm talking about is not one religion that stands up against another religion. It is the church, ministers that are standing up against one another. They're starting to blame one another and saying that you were supposed to do that. No, no, you were supposed to do that. And I want to say to you that as a church, that you will have no part in this religious shaking. You will not speak against a man or woman of God. You will continue to stay on course and what God has for you and for this ministry. When the Lord said to me this in January, He said, He warned me. He said, Andre, don't take part in this shaking. Don't take part in that. You keep your eyes focused on me. Now, these shakings that I'm talking about are all natural shakings that's taking place. Now, when you live in the Spirit, you will not experience any form of shaking. It's the natural that's being shaken. Now, there's a lot of people that only base their lives on natural things, and to them, it's a tremendous shaking that's busy taking place. It feels to them like their whole world is falling apart because it's all based on natural things. But God said to me that we will enter... November, and in 2021, we will enter one of the most prosperous times that we've seen in the world ever. I'm talking about an influx of souls that's returning to Christ like never before. I'm talking about financial release and blessings that's coming. I'm going to deal with that uh, in a couple of minutes like we've seen never before. And so this is an exciting time to live in. 
This is not a time of judgment. God already judged that judgment is on Jesus. And so he's, this is not a time of judgment. It's, this is not what we're seeing right now. So we're going to exit this here in a better condition than you've started in January 2020. You're going to be more prosperous in a blessed position. I've seen God blessed businesses during this pandemic like never before. I've seen people grown, people being blessed in ways that God has, has made doors, uh, open doors for them that they, they did not expect, but God did it. And anyhow, and so there's nothing to fear. It's very important for you to hear this morning. There's nothing to fear, nothing. The enemy is trying to bring fear upon God's people. Don't accept it. Don't receive it. Don't let it into your heart. Because we live in Him, and we are based in Him. Acts, he says, in Him we live and move and have our being. And it's a safe place. It's a place where the enemy cannot touch us. So at the beginning of this year, he said to me, Andre, I'm going to give you this word, but I want to ask you something. I want to ask you, wherever you go in 2020, that you would share this with people. And I said, yes, God, I'll do it. And then he started to share the word for me, and I realized then the importance of this. And so this morning, I'm going to share this word with you. It's a mandate that God has given me this year, 2020. And as I share this word with you, I'm going to weaponize you in the next couple of minutes. When you leave the church this morning, you're going to be ready for war. You're going to be weaponized to go out and be ready to face whatever is out there during the season. Again, 2020 is not over yet. I've had so many messages of people that have texted me from South Africa that said, why did you leave South Africa? Now, I got January. Um, we were, uh, I planned to minister in America from June, July on. And so um, I had to get on a cargo plane in July to come to America. And then I got my family, my wife and children on that same cargo plane over here. Uh, it was a great idea in June, in June, but we don't know how we're going to get back now. So we'll <laughs> figure that out later. But the reason why we came is because I sense that America is in a very crucial time. And this is not just the elections. It's something way beyond that that's busy taking place right now. And so we've come here, and I believe that this is a, a strategy. I believe that America is in a strategic season right now. And whatever is going to happen in the next couple of days is going to affect the world globally. And so people ask me in South Africa, why did you leave? Why did you come here? I said, we, I sensed in my spirit that we needed to be here during this time because it's a crucial time of what's happening and what will happen will affect the world globally. Again, not just the election. There's something far greater at work right now in the spirit. There's a battle in the spirit happening right now. The intensity of the spiritual battle is something that I've never seen in my lifetime. There's an intensity. In, in the spiritual realm right now that's happening. And I believe that God has made a way, that God is busy setting us up, preparing His people, and making us ready in how to walk in victory in the next couple of months. Now, the Lord said to me when He gave me this word, He said, Andre, as you apply this word to your life, this will determine the level of victory that you will have in 2020. And I want to share this with you, that God wants you to be victorious but this morning as I shared it with you, I pray that God would give you deeper revelation than I have in this word. That you would, you would open up your eyes, that you would see and you would understand His word like never before. I went to Israel a couple of years ago, went there several times. And 
one, on one of my visits, I spent a couple of minutes with a rabbi, and he shared something with me regarding the Word. He said, Andre, when you read the Word, the Word has three levels of revelation. The first level of revelation is ink on paper is what you read. The second level of revelation is when someone received revelation and they share it with you. So they take that same scripture, but they go into it. And this is what I'm doing this morning. I'm going to share revelation with you in this scripture that I received. But then he said to me, the deepest level of revelation, the third level of revelation, is when God himself, through his spirit, speaks to you about that scripture. And this is what I'm praying for you this morning, that you would not just receive secondhand revelation from me this morning, but that your eyes would open, and when you look at the Scripture, that God would speak to you, that His Spirit would speak to you, that He would show to you how important this is. Now, I thank God for His Word. I've realized over the years that, the, that everything that God does is based on the Word. And I thank Him for His Word. This Word that we're reading this morning is not history. It's not a history book. It's not expired. When we read this Word, it becomes alive and active. I have a lot of people today who say to me, yes, but that Scripture was for 2,000 years ago. No, no. When we read this Word, it comes alive. When I read David's story, it's not David's story anymore. It's now my story. When God takes you to that Scripture, it becomes your life. It becomes your assignment, becomes your destiny. And God uses that to navigate you through your season that you are in life. And this morning, as we read this, this is not something that happened 2,000 years ago. This is 2020. It comes alive this morning, and God helps us, and He instructs us, and He guides us in how to navigate through this here. Amen? It's okay to say amen. Amen. It's, it's Hebrew, but it's English as well, and it's okay. Luke 15, 11. Now, the entire Old Testament, when you read the Word of God, the entire Old Testament represents a king and a servant, entire Old Testament. But the entire New Testament represents a father and a son, a father and a daughter. And so when we read it, we read it through different perspective. The Pharisees refers to God in a certain way, but Jesus refers to Him as a father. And today, as we read this, we see him as a father. Now, when we read parables, parables are not just stories that they made up to explain something. When we read parables, he uses parables to teach. And when we read this parable in Luke 15 about the father and the prodigal son, there's this resemblance in that. And this morning, I don't want you to look at the sons, but I want you to look at the father. Because when we read this passage, we see God. We see the heart of God. We see the character of God. We see God in the story. And to start off this morning, I want to say to you that Luke 15, 11 is not about the hero in Luke 15. is not the son, but the father. So a lot of people, looking, they're looking at the prodigal son that returns, but the, the real hero in the story is the father. The way he handles everything, the way he makes decisions, the way he does things. So Luke 15 11 starts, he says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. We know the story. I know that Pastor Bird preaches it every Sunday, so he has taken you through it. And so the son comes to his father. He says, Dad, give me my inheritance. I want to leave. In Jewish culture, it is completely normal 
for children, for sons to receive the inheritance in the beginning of their lives. Completely normal. So this is not a rebellious son. He's coming. It's their custom. Give him my inheritance and let me leave. Now, when I speak about inheritance in America, and when I preach a word on inheritance in Israel, it has two different meanings. Because in America, we think inheritance is at the end of our lives, where inheritance in Israel is at the beginning. And so when God says that Jesus is our inheritance, we've got a different understanding of it. A lot of people think that when they get to heaven, they get the inheritance. They get Jesus when they get there. No, no. He's for right now. The gift is for right now. Jesus is for right now. We receive our inheritance when we accept him right now. So he comes and says to his father, give me my inheritance. I want to leave. The father says, yes, here's your inheritance. And what it does, it enables him to make his own decisions. There's a lot of South African fathers or American fathers who says to their children, as long as you live under my roof, I will pay the bills. But when you leave, then you're on your own. I will, I will support you. I will pay as long as you're in my house. What does it mean? It means I'm the authority and I make the decisions and you are bound to that. But here this father comes and he enables him. You see, God gave us free will to choose. He says, I'm going to bless you on your journey. And I'm, giving, I'm enabling you to choose life. Here's death and life. You choose. But I'm going to send you off with a blessing. Not with a curse. With a blessing. But now you choose and you decide whether you want to follow me or not. And so he sends off the son. He enabled him financially to make his own decisions. Quickly, the son came to a place where he had squandered his wealth. And he came to a place where nothing left anymore. You know the story. And he, I believe that he came to his senses because of the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a Holy Spirit that God has assigned to our lives and the purpose of that Holy Spirit is to continually remind us of the plan of God. And here the son comes to a place and he says, if I would just go back home and be a servant, I would be in a better condition or a better place than I am right now. And so something reminds him of who he is and the destiny upon his life. And he comes to his senses. I declare this morning prophetically over your life and your loved ones that those that are not serving God, that they would come to their senses, that they would realize who they are and realize the calling and the destiny that God has for their life. They would come to their senses. And so he decides that he would come back to the Father and he would repent. Now, one thing that's very important is when the son left the house, the father allowed him to go, but the father's heart never left him. The father's heart was still with him. It's important when we let people go in our lives. There's certain relationships and friendships that are seasonal. But it's important when we release people of our lives that we let them go, but that we keep that door open for the day they want to return. A lot of times we close the door and we make it impossible for them to come back. And so he's, the father sent him out, but his heart was still with, with him. And so the son comes to repentance. I believe that this son came to true repentance. True repentance is the willingness to start over again. And this son says, I'll go back and I'll just be a servant. He doesn't have any demands or requirements. He says, I'll come back. There's a lot of people today that want to come back, but they have demands. They have requirements. I will come back, but then I want this and this and this. That's not true repentance. 
True repentance is the willingness to say, I'll start over. Let's start over again. And he comes, this son came to full repentance. He decided he's going to go back. And he's on his way, go, on his way back home. And as he returns, the father sees him from afar. What I love about this father, God, is he makes his return easy. Most American fathers will wait at the front door inside the house, and they will allow the son or the daughter to come back all the way, knock on the door. They won't answer it for a while, make them really feel bad about what they've done, and then they open. Not this father. This father's heart is still with his son, and he's waiting for him to return. And when he sees him return, he runs and he meets him halfway. He meets him halfway. This son wants to repent. I truly believe that this son never had the opportunity to repent to the father. He was ready to. He was ready to, to, to share with the father everything that he's done. But as he started to repent immediately, the restoration process started to take place. Luke 15, verse 22, 22 it says, But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And immediately the restoration process started. And this is the word that God has given me for this year, 2020, Luke 15, 22. He says, immediately, he said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. The father, there's a, there's a different robe that a servant wear and a king wear. And uh, in those days, the household is known for the robe, for the sign, for the emblem. And so immediately the father says, bring the best robe, put it on him. And what happens, the robe resembles authority, symbolic of authority. And so immediately the father reinstates his authority, immediately. This is something that you have to understand, that as an unbeliever, when people choose to go astray, what they lose is they lose authority. Being a Christian does not exempt you from storms. Being a child or daughter of God does not exempt you from storms in your life. But being a child of God gives you the authority that when the enemy touches you, your family, your household, it gives you the authority to claim back a hundredfold of everything that is touching your life. That is the difference. And you have authority as a son and a daughter of God. I believe that for the year 2020, one of the things that God is doing is He is reminding us of our authority. And it's time for every believer to stand up in the authority that God has given them. Everyone. Now, remember I told you that the first shaking this year that's taking place is a health shaking. I believe that as we went through this health shaking, that God is reminding us of the authority that we have. And it's important for every believer to exercise that authority. There's some giants that cannot wait till next Sunday. You can't wait till next Sunday so that Pastor Bert could pray with you so you could conquer that giant. There's some giants that has to fall on Monday. They have to fall on Tuesday. And for that, every believer, doesn't matter how old. Now, when it comes to spiritual authority, a 14-year-old, the spiritual authority that they carry, a 14-year-old and a 70-year-old, authority is authority. And it's important for everyone to stand up and to exercise their authority this year. How do we exercise that authority? We open up our mouths. We speak to those storms. We speak to those challenges. It's amazing always as, as a child growing up, I've seen how people could cuss 
loudly, but they pray softly. It's strange. We have to exercise our authority and we have to speak to those things. We have to confront those demons. And this morning, I take up the authority that God has given me and I declare that no virus, no sickness, no disease will come close to you. I declare that every sickness, disease, virus will die at the front door of your house. It will not enter your home. We declare that in Jesus' name. Then secondly, the Father says, bring, uh, bring a ring for His finger. Now, a ring is symbolic of covenant. When I dated my wife because we married, before we got married, I had to work that relationship. I had to buy flowers, I had to make coffee, I had to buy chocolates, I had to win her, to win, I mean, to get married to her. But then we got married, and the day when we got married, we exchanged rings, and we entered a covenant. This is very important for you to understand. Covenant is always above works. Suddenly today, if I forget to buy flowers, my wife will not divorce me. Because we have entered a covenant. It's above what I can do. I still buy flowers. I still buy chocolates. I still make coffee. But we've entered a covenant now. It's above that. I believe that this father is very strategic in what he's doing. Because at this moment, when this restoration process started, all the servants are watching. Remember when the son left, someone had to take over his responsibility. The servants took the son's responsibility. And so the son, the, the servants cannot wait for the son to return so they could judge him on his works. Where have you been? We've had to do all the work. We had to do all these things while you've been out and you've been playing. Where have you been? And so the father strategically takes him out of works and he puts him in covenant. Right now, the servants has nothing on him anymore. He can come back and they could put no judgment on him because he's, their covenant is restored with him. I believe that God is taking us into covenant this year. Remember, I told you that we're going to experience a shaking of the economy in June, July. What is the economy? The economy is works. Suddenly people cannot work. Suddenly their hands are tied down. Suddenly they cannot put in the hours that they've put in. And unfortunately, this whole world structure is, this is how many hours you work and this is what you get paid. But when covenant kicks in, it takes you out of works. Suddenly, even though you cannot work, you still get paid. Even though you cannot do the job, God still blesses you, still prospers you, because you're in covenant with Him. I want to share this with you this morning. If you have any fear because of works, because you've been limited, I want, I'm here this morning to remind you that God has a covenant with you. God has a covenant with you. doesn't matter. I'm not talking about laziness. I'm talking about people that have lost their jobs. Even though they've lost their jobs, God will still bless them. God will still prosper them because they've got a covenant with God. And God will make a way for them in the midst of what we're facing right now. Then lastly, the father comes and he gives him sandals for his feet. When the disciples were sent out, the only thing that they could take with them was sandals. And sandals symbolically represented that they are qualified for the journey. We're entering a time right now of a religious shaking. And the shaking that's taking place, the enemy is going to use this to say to God's children and God's people, who qualified you? Who said that you can do it? Who, who told you that you can do it? 
But, but I believe that God is reminding us that we are qualified for the job, that He has appointed us. This year, I'm celebrating 20 years of ministry. And people ask me, how does it feel after 20 years of ministering prophetically or ministering? I say to them, after 20 years, it feels to me now that I know less than when I started. That's how it feels to me. But what I remember is that God has qualified me. That He's put His hand upon my life at the age of 16. And He said, Andre, I believe in you. I qualify you. I send you out. I'm here this morning to remind every one of you that as we go through this season right now, November, December, remember God has qualified you. God has put His stamp of approval upon your life. God has appointed you for business, for ministry, for where you are. God said you can do it. You can go. And so whatever attack the enemy is planning against us, He has qualified us. He has prepared us. He has set us apart to do the work that He has planned for our lives. Now, what is happening right now and what are we entering to? In the year 2021, I believe that we're going to get a revelation of covenant like never before. The more I study covenant, the more I realize we don't know what it means. I've started to study covenant the last year and the more I look at it, I realized we don't understand covenant. We have, we're so limited to that. I had this Hebrew teaching that I worked out and uh, I was on a plane to Israel and I was trying to figure out, and it's covenant. I was working on covenant, trying to figure out from a Jewish perspective, how does covenant operate? How does it work? What is the rules? What is the, how does it function? I'm on this plane and I did this study. And while I'm on this plane, now when you take a plane to Israel, there's always a lot of rabbis on the plane. And from South Africa, it's full. They're all returning back to, to Israel. And I'm on this plane, and I've got this rabbi sitting next to me. And, uh, and I'm trying to figure out this word, Hebrew word, and, and how it works. And, and so I looked at him. I said, listen, would you help me with this? I've, got this, I've done this research, and I'm, I'm preparing this sermon. Can you look at my notes and tell me, am I missing it? Am I on the right direction? And so I gave him this notes. And so he looks at my notes and he smiles and he says, I said, explain it to me. I mean, it seems like I've got a couple of pieces missing. And he looks at me, he says, why do you want to know? I said, I'm preparing a sermon. I want to I teach on these things, but I, I'm still doing research on it. And so he looks at me. He says, I can tell you, you're on the right track. And I can tell you, um, I, can, I can give you some input in this. But he looks at me, he says, you need to know that you have no part in this because you're a Gentile. And so I, I was kind of offended, flying on that plane and really feeling, Lord, this is unfair. I mean, I uh, look at this amazing teaching and look at what I've discovered. But here's this, this <laughs> Jewish rabbi saying, yes, you're on the right track, but, but this is not applicable to you. And so I arrived in Israel, and in my hotel room that night, I really had a just a godly experience. And God came to me that night. He said, Andre, remember, you have part in this because of Jesus. You might not be a Jew, but because of Jesus, if you accept my son, you become a partaker in this covenant. I'm sharing this with you because in 2021, it's going to start now, but in 2021, we're going, the church of God globally is going to have a new understanding of covenant. Completely different understanding. Now, Genesis chapter 13, verse 9, I'm ending with this. 
Genesis chapter 13, verse 9. Abram is a man that understands covenant. Abram comes to a place in his life where God says to Abram, Abram, it is time for you to break this partnership with Lot. This partnership has been good, but now it's over. You have to break this partnership. Prophetically, I want to share this with you this morning, that I believe that in 2020, this year, God has been breaking ungodly partnerships. God. God has been releasing people from ungodly partnerships. And I'm referring specifically to business as well. We're entering a new era. You're not going to do business with the ungodly anymore. God's going to put you in a position, those of you that are kings, that are in business. God's going to bless your business and you're going to do business in a new way. In the next coming year, 2021, God's going to change it completely. Abraham is a man that understands covenant. And so he looks at Lot and he says, okay, Lot, we have to, we have to part our ways. Now you can only act and respond the way that Abraham does if you have a revelation of covenant. And so Abraham says to Lot, Lot, you choose. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. You choose. And so obviously, Lot chooses the most prosperous land. Now, Lot is symbolic of a person that runs from blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing. They're never happy, never satisfied. Runs from church to church to church. They're never satisfied. They're looking for the blessing. They're looking for where it is. They're running after something their entire lives. That is what Lot is symbolic of. And so Abraham says, you choose. And so Lot chooses the most prosperous land, and he goes into that. Abraham takes what's left, but Abraham understands covenant. And when you understand covenant, you know that you don't run after blessings, but the blessing of the Lord rests upon your life. And where you go, the blessing goes. And so Abraham goes into the desert. He takes the desert. But there's a little stream of water that follows him. Wherever he goes, the blessing comes. And I believe that we're entering a time right now where the blessing of the Lord is resting on God's people. The blessing of the Lord is resting upon the church like never before. And we're going to see how everything in our lives and around us are going to start to be blessed. You go into an area and you buy a property, piece of property. Now, by the way, if you don't own property, you don't have authority. In the earth, you have to have property, you have to have authority in that area. And so it's God's plan for us to own property. Okay? Just want to make it clear. So I believe that we are going to enter places where you are going to buy a property. And as you buy that property, the value of property in that entire area will start to go up because you're in that area. I believe that we're entering a time where you will take over a business and everyone has tried to make a success of that business. It has failed for many years, but suddenly, because you are in it, that business starts to prosper. That business starts to, it's like the dead that's being raised in that moment because you are in it. Whatever you touch will start to prosper. Whatever you touch will start to work. I had a pastor who said to me, Andre, I hear what you're saying, but I don't see the blessing yet. I said to him, just stand still for a little bit longer. Because the water is coming. The blessing is coming. We will not run after blessings any longer in 2021. The blessing of God is resting on His people. Resting on us. God is busy strategically 
positioning his, his kings, business people. I've seen this here how the anointing has come upon God's business people and God as kings. He's positioned them strategically, globally, exactly in the places where they need to be. Not, not businesses that's hide away or in the shadow, in the public eye. I believe that's the same thing with the church, that God is putting the public eye on the church once again. The people will notice the church. The church will not be a small, still voice anymore in the background, but it will be the voice. They will, they will see. People will look at the church and they will see that God is there. God is with those people. Amen? Now, what I want to share with you as a church, there's many different churches globally, and as a church specifically for where you are right now, I sense two years ago, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Andre, this, the guard is changing globally. The guard is changing globally. What does it mean? A spiritual guard is assigned for a period of 30 to 60 years. Um, our, our natural understanding doesn't know how it works. But a spiritual guard is a pastor that oversees a church, a network of churches, a city, a nation, a state. There's a spiritual guard that God raises up globally. Now, something that's important about the spiritual guard, the spiritual guard, whatever they believe, the authority that they carry is what is possible in that region, in that church, in that area, because of the authority that they have. And so this spiritual guard is changing globally the last two years, globally. What does that mean? It means the, the guard that, that has been in office, that they are retiring, they're passing away, it's shifting, and the new guard is stepping up. Now, it's very important because whatever the new guard believes, it is what, pos what is possible in that church, in that state, in that region, in that area. So there's many different spiritual guards. A spiritual guard oversees a church, network of churches, a city, a state, or a nation. Different authorities that God raises up. Now, the guard is shifting, and God is busy putting the new guard, is busy stepping up in their position. And when the Lord showed me that, He said, Andre, don't complain if you didn't do anything about it. Don't complain about the new guard if you didn't do anything about it. So what can we do? We can pray. What can we pray? We can pray that the new guard will be spiritual leaders that would believe in the impossible, that would believe in the gifts, that would believe in the Holy Spirit, that would believe in the power of God. I'm not just talking about preaching about the power of God. I'm talking about demonstrating the power of God. Now, I'm sharing this with you because as a couple, Pastor Bert and uh, Becky, and this morning, I see the apostolic anointing that's upon their life, and they are part of the new God that's stepping up. God has been preparing them for many years, and they are stepping up. The spiritual authority is busy shifting, shifting. They're stepping up in their position where they need to be. I'm sharing this with you because we need to pray. It's happening globally right now. Let's pray for the new God. Let's pray that it would be people that would believe. As a prophetic minister, I go into many different regions and areas in the world. I go into places where it is impossible for me to prophesy because of the spiritual God. Not every church is open for the gifts. Not every church is open for the Holy Spirit. But what's amazing to me is that God honors authority. He honors authority. And He's put those leaders there. He's put them there. 
But there's places where I go where it's easy to perform miracles. But then there's places where I go where it's difficult. And it's because of that spiritual guard. I'm sharing it with you this morning because I acknowledge Pastor Bird as someone that believes in the impossible. A pastor that believes in healing. A pastor that believes in prophecy. That believes in the supernatural. And by doing that, he's opening up a gate. He's opening up a door for God to come in and do things in the next 40 years. That, is, that has not been done before. That was not possible before because of previous, previous spiritual guards that has been there. And so that's where we are right now. There's a shift that's busy taking place globally. Amen? I want to pray with you this morning specifically for those three things. The authority that God has given you, number one, the covenant that He has with you, and also the fact that you are qualified. And this morning, I'm here to remind you of those things. I want to give you the opportunity, if you're here this morning and you've went astray, you have to come back as fast as possible. Don't leave the building this morning. Make sure that you come to the front, get someone to pray for you. Don't miss it. You cannot, you cannot afford to live a life without authority. Remember what I said to you. The difference is the enemy can still attack you, but you have the authority. And so now you can say, no, no, no. I claim back. You touch my children, you touch my family, I claim it back a hundredfold. You have the authority to claim it back. I want to say it again in bold letters this morning. It is time for every believer to stand up and exercise their authority. Every believer. Not just the fivefold. Not just the pastor or the apostle or the pro. Every believer have to stand up on their feet and use the authority that God has given you in this season. Amen.